Philly, you are so wonderful and interesting. You deserve a local news podcast all your own. Check out the John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Dave Uram. Kate Scott is the Sixers television play-by-play broadcaster for NBC Sports Philadelphia. She's about to finish her first regular season calling Sixers games after the legendary Mark Zumoff, who had been doing so for a generation, decided to retire over the summer. I wanted to chat with Kate to get her thoughts on her first season in Philadelphia, as well as the impact she believes she's having on aspiring broadcasters. We also talked about adjusting to the speed of NBA games, some of her favorite calls this season, and what she hasn't had an opportunity to experience yet in Philadelphia. I hope you enjoy our conversation with Sixers play-by-play broadcaster, Kate Scott. So Kate, the first thing that I want to start with, you tweeted a a couple of weeks ago, hard to put into words how much I'm loving being here, getting to know this amazing city and all of you. Thank you for giving me a chance. Um, What did you mean by that tweet? And what has your experience been like in Philadelphia one year in? Mm, Well, first of all, Dave, thanks for having me. It's great to be on with you. Uh, What I meant was exactly what I said. Uh, Thank you for giving me a chance. I know that this has been a huge change for every Sixers fan, not just because it's not Mark Zumoff for the first time in almost 30 years, but it is a a female voice. And I know for the majority of sports fans, not just Philly sports fans, very few people have heard a woman call a game ever. So now the fact that here I am, uh, a woman calling your beloved Sixers, not just once, but every single night. Uh, that's a huge change. And I also know that Philly loves Philly. I, I understand that. I know that was one of the reasons that Zoo and Tom McGinnis, our radio voice, are so beloved because they're born and raised. And I completely understand that. So I knew that this was going to be so much change for every Sixers fan everywhere. So I so appreciate everybody who who gave this new kid from the other side of the country uh, with a voice and a, a style that I'm sure a lot of you are taking a long time getting used to for, for giving me a shot. And uh, I'm, I'm having an absolute blast, like I said, because this is just an awesome, phenomenal sports town. Well, you mentioned Zoo. And what, you know, while you're doing a great job, I think anybody who filled in for Zoo, who replaced Zoo, would have had tough shoes to fill. Because for, yeah. for, for people our age, all, all we knew was Zoo calling games. So, yeah. so, so you're totally correct in that it was, it was a huge change. I guess, uh, ha- how often does, does Zoo keep in touch with you? How often do you hear from him? What kind of feedback have you gotten from him? He has been uh, the guy that you all knew and listened to for all these years, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I've said it in a number of interviews, so I'm sure some of you have heard that I, <laughs> I said, I mean, whoever tries to follow Mark Zumoff is an idiot, and uh, here I am. Um, but but I didn't feel that way because you never want to be the person replacing a legend. You want to be the person after the person who fails to try to replace the legend. <laughs> and then people have gotten that person out of the way. Um, but now that I'm here, uh, I, I don't think, even though it has been hard, that's been a layer that I know that I'm going to continue to go up against. And I know that. Um He understands how difficult this was going to be for whoever was following him because of the legendary status that he holds and because of how beloved he is here in Philly. And because he has that awareness, he has done everything in his power to help 
people accept me. I mean, you, you've seen it. Uh, the fact that he, he took me out to lunch and beat me to the Twitter punch and tweeted out the picture of us. And he still has that, I believe, as like the header photo on his Twitter profile. Um, the fact that he has time and time again backed me publicly has meant so much. And then, yeah, behind the scenes, we're texting and he and his wife, Deb, took me and my wife out to dinner a, a number of weeks ago, one of their favorite spots in downtown Philly. And uh, he is being the perfect relay partner because he was the one who said, kid, you're not trying to, to fill my shoes. I, I have my shoes and now you're stepping in in your shoes. I'm just passing the baton to you. And now it's your turn to run the next leg of the race and to run it like you, because they hired you. They, the same way they hired me all those years ago, they didn't want Mark Zumoff 2.0 or they would have hired Mark Zumoff 2.0. They wanted Kate Scott. So go be you. Um, and yeah, I can't thank him enough for everything he's done and continues to do. And I'm looking forward to, to going out to his beach house and, and having some brews with him this summer. Nice. When was the moment that you realized, I love Philadelphia? There's been a number, and I know folks are <laughs> understandably making fun of me on social media because every few weeks, or maybe it's now, you know, like every couple of months, I, I just, there's a moment, and I just look around and just think to myself how lucky I am to be here. Um, you know, in the, in the fall, I was here by myself. My wife and pup were still back in Oakland. And I was walking around and there was the street uh, that I think I sent out a picture on social media and I, it was late at night and I was just walking back to my Airbnb and looked down the street and it was quiet and there was leaves on the ground and, and there was Christmas lights or just lights, I think just white lights that are there all year round. And I just thought to myself, this is beautiful. This is gorgeous. And this is not a Philly that somebody on the West Coast often gets to see. And then I was just driving, exploring Wissahickon and the Haverford area. And I was like, oh my gosh, the colors are changing. This is beautiful. And then I fell in love there. And then there was a, a gorgeous day, I think in early January, where the snow had kind of cleared for a couple of days. And I was walking through Love Park and looked back at City Hall. And that was another moment. Like, wow, this is such a sensational city. Um, so it happens time and time and time again. And now that the cherry blossoms are out, same thing, because um, I've always known this beauty, but we don't have this kind of beauty on the West Coast. It's different. There, there's not cherry blossom season <laughs> in San Francisco. The colors don't change. You know, it, it's beautiful all year round, but there's also um, some monotony to that. So the fact that there's seasons, you know, my first snow, uh, that was really fun. I'm sure I'm going to get over that in a couple of years. But just all these things that I haven't gotten to experience. And now that I'm 38 years old, it almost feels like discovering the world again as a kid, which has been really fun. Well, had you ever been to the Philadelphia region before, I guess, last year, 2021? <laughs> a couple of times, um, but just for basketball. So that was, I got to call some A-10 hoop here in Philly. But you know, when you're in a place for the first time, right? I called a game at LaSalle, called a game at St. Joe's. So I was kind of just in that particular right. vicinity. But it's been really fun now being back and going through those areas and going, wait a second. And, you know, going past this one store, wait a second. I think I got a sandwich there. I got a hoagie there. I, I think I, I think I might've gotten a beer at that place. And it was just that late that one night and it was freezing. Um, but, but yeah, I hadn't really spent a lot of time. It was just brief stops, but I, I knew that each time I, I really enjoyed it and I wanted to come back for more. What has pleasantly surprised you about this area? Probably the people. 
you you know you won't get a bad rap <laughs> and i'm here to i'm here to shout to the to the heavens some of it is some of it is earned and, uh, and worthy you know you're worthy of that but people have been so kind again and i as somebody who was never the fastest or the tallest or the brightest or i have had to grind and work so hard to get everything including this gig that i really appreciate the pack the fact that people weren't we're so glad to have you here welcome right off the bat that it that it's taken a while and i know some folks are still in the in the taking a while phase and some folks will never come around but i appreciate that people here are making me earn it because that's always been the the type of person that i am so uh, the last month in particular, it's been really interesting interactions with folks at the Wells Fargo Center on the road, because as we always say, there's Sixers fans everywhere and they, they're diehard. They're, they're people who either grew up in Philly or their parents grew up in Philly. So they were raised as Sixers fans and they bleed red, white and blue. And the overarching sentiment from those folks was kind of circling back to what we started talking about. Mm, I really wasn't sure. Didn't like you at first. It was really different. But you know, I watch every Sixers game because I'm a diehard and you've really grown on me. And I'm I'm really happy that you're here and really looking forward to listening to you for the next number of years. So I'd say that the people have surprised me with how kind and open and uh, accepting of change they've been. I, it's been really impressive to me. You've done a lot in this industry, whether it's producing traffic, being on TV. <laughs> right. right. No, I, I did my research producing traffic. Um, yep. uh, you know, working at, at KMBR, working at 95.7 The Game, doing talk radio, sports radio, uh, different play-by-play, uh, some television sports anchoring. You've done a lot. What do you love about play-by-play? Why do you love that so much? Yeah. Uh, well, as a washed-up former high school athlete <laughs> who really wished that she was better at sports so she could have kept playing, Play-by-play uh, play to me is as close to that rush of being an athlete as I can get. You know, I, lo- I love all the other gigs that I've been able to do. You mentioned anchoring and reporting and sports radio. Those are all a blast and have helped me hone my play-by-play skills. But I prep my tail off for this and I have crazy notes and stats and boards in front of me. But once the game starts, it's just like playing a game. Anything can happen. The guy who you expect to be the star can get injured in the first minute and some other guy could go off, you know, uh, Tyrese Maxey can have the game of his life against John Morant with Joel Embiid cheering him on on the sidelines. So the rush and the nerves and the wonder and the curiosity, all those things I had as an athlete, uh, I experienced as a play-by-play announcer and as someone who always hoped to play and participate in big games and things like this, this is again, as close as I can be without being an athlete or somebody on the staff of the teams. And so even though, you know, I didn't get to win Olympic medals over the summer, the fact that I got to be the voice of the soundtrack for some people who did um, is pretty pretty wild for me to wrap my head around. So I, I love getting to be in it, getting to be around the, the court and the fields and all the different sports that I've called and getting to interact with the athletes, the coaches, because sports has, has been my life since I was a little girl. So I just love getting to be as close as I am and, and getting paid to cover something that I really, really love. I found this fascinating reading Gina Mizell's piece in The Inquirer uh, like a couple of weeks ago on you and Lisa Byington. You said that it was an adjustment for you to call NBA games because of the speed. 
I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by that. So, so what, what did you mean by that? Like, what, what type of uh, adjustment did you feel that you had to make when you started calling yeah. Sixers games? Well, I called college men's basketball at, at the highest level, you know, um, in, I guess, the last time before I got this gig, I, I got to call number one Gonzaga over on the West Coast. I was calling WCC men's soup in addition to the ATN women's. And think about the best men's college basketball players. There is no Joel Embiid <laughs> in men's college basketball. There's nobody who has that power, that ferocity, the ability to be that big and that quick off the floor and that thunderous with their, you know, jams. So a lot of this year has truly been calling things I've actually never called before. No college player gets down the court in two steps like Tyrese Maxey. Nobody can almost rip the rim off the backboard like a Joel Embiid. Nobody can do things that Giannis, you know, I could go on and on. Nobody can block a ball three quarters of the way up the backboard like John Morant. So uh, those are the things that I mentioned in that piece because it is truly calling things for the first time because even calling college men's basketball at the highest levels the kids just can't do what these NBA players are doing. They're some of the best athletes in the world. So that's an adjustment because your brain has to work faster as a play-by-play. And I really look forward to a couple years from now when I'm really comfortable with all of these things. I know that my calls are just going to get that much better because a lot of it has been, has been learning on the fly. So it's been interesting. I I haven't responded to all the the tweets and messages, but some people when they've had critique of me, I, I totally agree because I'm my, I'm my biggest critic. I'm relentlessly self-critical. I always want to be better. Um, so sometimes when folks are like, oh, she was a bit delayed. Oh, I wish I'm thinking, yeah, I wish I would have too. But I know now that I have this one game under my belt that the next time, hopefully I'll do it to to what all, all of us want. What were some of your favorite calls this season? Uh, well, uh, Tyreek Maxey leading the Sixers to that big overtime win over John Moran. Um I was really happy that I just let go at the end of the game um, because that's another thing that I mentioned to Gina, but she wasn't able to fit in that piece that you mentioned. All the voices that all of us have ever heard, all the big moments are always a male voice, right? So that's another thing that I, you never want to think when you're calling the same way you don't want to think when you're an athlete playing a game. But as a woman, sometimes I think, oh, I don't want to get too high in my register. I don't want to sound screechy, right? Oh, but I don't want to get too low. I don't want to act like I'm somebody I'm not. Uh, and at the end of that game, I just I just let go and was just, Kate, so excited that the Sixers were winning this game that I don't think a lot of folks expected them to win. And I got wonderful feedback from other play-by-play announcers saying, that was the first time we really heard you be you. Keep doing that. Um, the win a couple of weeks ago against Miami Heat with no Joel and no James Harden. I thought that was really fun. Got to get into that one. Um, Joel's poster on Jared Allen. <laughs> I, I know not everybody loved that, but uh, as a kid who grew up with posters all over their wall and remember having to clear space because the call I used was clear some space on the wall kids, because I remember like, where am I going to put this new poster that I have? Oh, I guess, I guess that one's coming down. Cause now I got a new Joel poster I got to put up. Um, so, yeah. And at the same time, there's lots of calls that I wish I would have done better because of one reason or another. So uh, some good, some things I want to get better on, but but uh, pretty happy with how the way the first season's gone so far. Sorry if I'm mixing up the calls here, but I think another reason why I loved your um, your your um, posterizing Jared Allen call so much, you had a Sam Goody reference. In, in, in that call. <laughs> I, I did. I added that on. I, I wasn't sure 
uh, how many folks would know what that was, but I thought for folks, again, of our age, and that's one of the things that NBC Philly has been encouraging me to do, because they're obviously trying to talk to a new generation of fans, people our age. I, I thought it might be fun to throw in throw in the same good because that's where I got a lot of my posters. I don't know about you, Dave, but that was that was one of my spots. I, I thought it was great, and then I was I was like, "Wow, I'm going to Google and see if any Sam Goodies still exist." And, <laughs> there's, isn't there one? I, isn't there I one? wasn't sure. I, I don't think I found it. Is, <laughs> is there one? Is there a Sam Goody still? Still, people were people were tweeting me after, and they said, "Now I have to get a blockbuster reference into a game as well." So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to shout out to us '80s and early '90s kids who know what all those now closed stores are. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, Thursday in Detroit. You named uh, 10 women with big roles. I counted. I made sure to count because it stood out to me during mm. the game. You named 10 different women with the 76ers who have prominent roles with them. Yeah. How special is it for you to be associated with this, with this organization that really values um, inclusivity? Um, I'm so glad you brought that up, Dave. It's, it means a lot. Um, you know, as a woman working in this industry, you never expect that, unfortunately, or or I haven't. Um, I often say uh, the loneliest bathroom is uh, the women's restroom on the press level of a sporting event. Because any place else you go, right, there's always the line out the women's restroom and it's always guys chuckling as they go in. <laughs> it's the other way around in press boxes. Um, and I, I, I knew of a few women, right? Laura Price, who's been with the 76 or COO for, for decades. Um, and it's been so welcoming to me. I knew of Laura, but I, I didn't know that there was so many other women. And as I listed, Joelle's physical therapist is a woman, our massage therapist, our neuromuscular, on and on and on. There's so many women involved with this organization. So that has been getting back to the pleasant surprise question um, and that they are treated as equals. They are treated as they were they were hired for their job because they're good at their job. The fact that they're a woman is a small part of it, but... Um, so that has been wonderful because often I am the only woman in a lot of the rooms that I am in. So, you know, last night, case in point, there's a, a women's locker room when the Sixers are in town. And I, I believe they do that for everybody. But the fact that there is a lot of us in there changing, getting ready before the game together and packing up for the bus afterward. Um, it is wonderful. And as I said on the broadcast, makes me even more proud to be in this position. Hopefully we get to a day where it's not headline national news when a woman gets hired in, in the position that you're hired. Hopefully we get to a day when, when it's like that. Um, and I believe we will get to a day when it's like that. I, I, I really do believe that. I don't know how far away it's going to be, but hopefully it's rather soon. Um, how much responsibility, Kate, do you feel to pave the way for women play-by-play -play announcers? I feel uh, whatever word is bigger than a ton, Dave, that's what I feel. <laughs> um, and it's not because anybody's telling me to feel that way. Um, I put that weight on my own shoulders um, because I graduated from college in 2005 and I had yet to ever call a game because I didn't know that women could do this. And it took uh, a guy that I had done a lot of work with during college to get a high school football package in the Bay Area as a producer and to call me and ask me to call games for him. Me then telling him no and him coming back at me with Kate stop it. You can do this. All the dudes I'm asking haven't called games either. So just come out here and give it a try. Cause I know, you know, this sport, so let's do it. Um, and that was less than 20 years ago. So 
I look back and all the guys who are my age now had those hundreds of reps in college because they went to college knowing that they wanted to do this. And I want anybody who wants to do this, whether it be a woman or a guy who hasn't seen themselves on TV or radio before, I want them to know that they can do this too. That (laughs) I like to call myself kind of an other at times, that there is going to be a space for you, like you said, Dave, and soon. So I take the responsibility very seriously. So when I'm trying to do better on broadcast, it's not just for me. It's because I know a lot of folks are listening and wondering, how is this working in Philly? How is this working for the Sixers? What What is the response? I know that there's lots of organizations and people looking because we are moving in that direction of hopefully soon, whoever is the most qualified for the position and fits what that team and organization is looking for will be hired and it won't matter um, what their voice sounds like or, or what they look like. How often do you think about the positive impact that you're having on young people and young aspiring broadcasters? To be honest, I don't think about it that much because uh, then I think things would get overwhelming. You know, I, I, um, I obviously, as I just mentioned, it's a very serious responsibility to me, but I know the best way I can accomplish opening doors and minds for other folks is to just do the best job that I can. It kind of takes me back to my first couple of days working radio traffic. The advice I got right off the bat was don't think about the hundreds of thousands of people that are listening to you in the Bay Area right now, Kate. Just just act like you're talking to me. That's what the anchor who I was working with at the time, he said, I'm going to throw to you. Just act like you're talking right back to me. You're telling me what the traffic is out on the roads. And you and I are just having a conversation. And that's what I try to do every night when I'm broadcasting, because I know if I do that, I'll sound more personable. I'll sound more conversational. I'll, I'll be a better broadcaster. And the better broadcaster I can be, the better and larger impact I think I'll have on this industry. So that's how I, I tend to approach it. What's your message to anybody who, who's listening to this, watching you on TV, um, seeing you, you're very active on social media, seeing you on social media. Uh, what's your message to anybody who follows you that wants to get into broadcasting? And, and honestly, take, I'll, Kate, I'll, I'll, Kate, I'll take it a step further. What's your message to anybody who, who wants to do something but was told they can't do something, but they want to do something they were told can't? What's your message to people like that? Do you want it? Do you really want to do it? Is there a is there a fire burning in your soul that's just telling you I gotta try? I, I really have to try because I think I think it's gonna be hard, but I think that if I work hard enough, I might be really great at it and I might have a, a whole lot of fun getting to do that. Um, then you should try. You should do it. And and you should know that it's not gonna be easy. Um, because paths that other folks haven't walked on before, you know, (laughs) they're full of weeds and rocks and fallen trees, and you're going to have to clear some space and it might be more difficult than you want it to be. But uh, the reward is pretty spectacular. And um, the joy that you're going to experience from overcoming those challenges and uh, the confidence you're going to build because of the things that you'll accomplish that you didn't think you could. Uh, is then going to give you the confidence to get to the next step of the next phase. And uh, it could be a pretty great journey. So if it's something you really want to try, just know that you can do this. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. It's it's a long journey, but it's a whole lot of fun. That's, that's a wonderful message. Kate, last one I have for you. What do you want to do in Philadelphia that you have not had the opportunity to do yet? 
<laughs> uh, I haven't had a tomato pie yet, Dave. I know I, I know I need to do that. I haven't been to a Flyers game. I can't wait to go to a Phillies and a Birds game because those just look out of this world fun. I haven't even been to the Philadelphia Museum of Art yet, Dave, because it's been just so busy. So I look forward to being that tourist, running up the steps and then and then going into the museum and looking around. Um, can't wait to get out to Boathouse Row and see some races this summer. What else? Give me all the things. I know I got a lot of cheesesteaks to eat, so I got a lot of working out to do, but I can't wait for all of that. (laughs) You mentioned a lot there. um, And there's probably, like you said, I can't think of off the top of my head so much more in this town because it is a great town. uh, And it's great that you're in this town and and you are gracing this town with great calls for Sixers games. Um, Kate, this was a treat. I really appreciate it. Good luck in the postseason. Hopefully, I'll say this. Hopefully, because Sixers fans have been waiting a long time time for you know what I'm about to say hopefully you Allah and everybody else associated with that organization has a parade down Broad Street this summer because I think you and I both know this team's capable of 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 doing that um and hopefully those are one of your uh yet to yet to happen Philadelphia moments (laughs) I was just thinking I didn't I don't want to jinx anything Dave but uh that was one of the things I said at the very end of my interview with the Sixers I said you guys probably know this because you're Philly lifers. The last time the Sixers won the NBA title, it was in May of 1983. And that was also the last time the NBA championship was decided in May. It's been decided in June since then. And I said, guess who was born in May of 1983? Your girl right here. So I don't know what that means or if it means anything, but I do know that when I was working for the Giants flagship radio station out in San Francisco, they won their first World Series championship since moving from New York. I was working for the Warriors radio flagship when the Warriors won their first NBA championship in 40 years uh, back in the middle of the last decade. So I don't know if that means anything, but uh, I would love nothing more than to do all those touristy things I mentioned, Dave, and then either this summer or next summer, but sometime very soon, uh, get get to MC a day that all of you Philly lifers and Sixers fans would never forget because I know what it meant a couple of years ago when the Eagles won. Um, and it's about damn time the Sixers got got a parade down Broad Street too. Well, Kate Scott, NBC Sports Philadelphia 76ers play-by-play television announcer. Uh, thanks for the time and good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, Dave. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Dave Uram, and we'll have another episode out soon. 